0: Into watching something you didn't know what was going to take place. I'm not talking about this morning. (laughs) Let me clarify. Several years back, several years back, somebody asked me to watch Moulin Rouge with them, a movie. Okay, the ones that are laughing. Uh, If you're not laughing, don't worry about it. Don't go look it up. Okay. Um, And it ended up being a pretty good movie. What I didn't know is that it was a musical. It's a musical. Now, I, I looked at the cast, uh, cast, bi- big cast, big names, and I thought this is going to be a good show. And then, not too long after, people started singing. I've got nothing against musicals. You got to hear me on that. I, I like uh, sound of music. It's a classic. I know it's one of my wife's favorites. Um, it's just that in a musical, there's a lot of singing. <laughs> That's what happens. And if, I, if there's a specific genre of movie that I'm gonna watch to be entertained, it's not a musical. That's just me. I attempted to watch Moulin Rouge the first two times I fell asleep. The third time I think I made it all the way through. I should have learned from that experience, because, uh, well, three years back now, December of 2014, um, NBC TV show. It started broadcasting Peter Pan live, like, you know, several weeks advertising, maybe even several months before. And I had grown up watching the animated version. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Peter Pan. I loved the 1991 version from Robin Williams, Hook. And I thought, great, this is going to be awesome. It's a musical. <laughs> now, I'm not blaming, I got suckered into it. I'm not blaming anybody for that. Okay. I just forgot that <laughs> Did you raise your hand? <laughs> I should have remembered that there was a lot of singing in the animated version. There's a lot of singing in Robin Williams version. Anyways, I fell asleep watching that one too. I just did. Here's the funny thing, okay, over the last several weeks, as I have read and reread the Gospel accounts of Jesus' birth, the Advent narrative. As I've read and reread the story in Luke, Luke chapter 1 and 2, I realized that in Luke 1 and 2, I'm watching a musical. I'm watching a musical. I'll tell you what I mean in just a second. I want to ask God's blessing on our time together. Father, I thank you so much for a chance to gather. I thank you that we are family. I thank you that we can laugh. I thank you that we can grieve. I thank you that we can celebrate. Lord, it is just good to be here this morning. It's good to be in your house with your people. And I pray that as we open your scripture to tell your story, that you will be brought glory. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a quick review. We're doing the series called Advent Through Their Eyes. Two weeks ago, we started looking at Matthew's account. What we're doing, instead of taking small stories in these early narratives and preaching on those, we're actually preaching on the entire story. So we looked at Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and I said that in Matthew's account, I thought that Matthew was trying to tell us that having a kingly heritage is harder than you think. That was two weeks ago. It was a long time ago. Last week, again, from what I hear, Jason tied in our stories also, which fits very well with Advent through their eyes. And this morning, we look at Luke's account. We watched the video to start off this morning because I realized that people learn in different ways. Uh, Some learn by listening. Some learn by reading. Some learn by watching. And we hope that you got to learn a little bit about Luke's story through there. As I said moments ago, as I read and reread Luke's account, chapters 1 and 2, ultimately what I realized is that I was watching a musical, and this time I did not fall asleep. In fact, I found myself singing along. What I'm going to ask you later is, does the story of Jesus make you sing? Okay? But that's getting ahead of myself a little bit. Let's start in the beginning. When I first started reading Luke 1 and 2, I thought to myself, man, this starts out great. The author says he's done his research and he did this so that he could give us an accurate and true telling. I really like the movies that start off with the line based on a true story. Because, you know, it, it captures me and I think, man, this, this really happened. So this did the same thing when Luke started talking. And we get to this old priestly couple with a great genealogy, Zachariah and Elizabeth, solid people. There's a miraculous vision from the Lord, you saw it on the video, followed by an extreme promise of a future son for them. Problem was they were old. Zachariah realized that and he said, uh, Mr. Angel... How's this going to happen? I don't know if the angel didn't like a question. I don't know if he thought it was questioning him. But the angel struck Zechariah with muteness. Okay, Couldn't talk for like however long it was until the baby was born. All this takes place in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 25. The story keeps going. Okay, Another crazy vision to an unwed and unbed young lady. God was going to be born in her. It's gonna be a crazy miracle. Now, just like Zachariah, Mary says, Whoa, how can this happen? But for some reason, the angel responds differently to this question. He doesn't strike her with muteness. He explains, this is how it's gonna happen. You know, she says, Okay, that's the way it is. I mean, I, I'm God's chosen, so may it be as you have said. Tracking with the story so far? Pretty good. Okay? Miraculous has been promised. There's some Plot-focused tension, there's uh, unfair, angelic responses to a question that's being asked, and I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happens, and all of a sudden, a musical breaks out. Right? It was when they start Peter Pan, and it's good, and he's... A musical breaks out. Starts with the baby John. Okay, This is the baby that Elizabeth uh, was promised. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. As soon as Mary walks into the door, John starts dancing right? I mean, you can see it. His toe starts tapping, shoulders moving, head bobbing. The kid is in utero, and he hears the music even before those outside hear it. Luke chapter 1, verse 41. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. John started dancing, And then Mary, or excuse me, Elizabeth, said something that I picture in a melodic tone. So I think she was singing. She said to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. He started dancing. You are blessed because you believe what the Lord said he would do. Now at this point, as I'm reading the narrative, I should have realized that you know, the, the choir is about to come out and the music is really uh, going to start. I should have realized that this musical number was about to erupt. Have you noticed that reading in Luke 1 and 2? From this point on, every character breaks out in song. Every character. Verse 46, chapter 1. Mary, Jesus' future mom, says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. We just read that. But, I mean, realistically, it was probably like, should I sing, Tim? (laughs) Oh, how my soul praises. (laughs) I won't do that with every person. Okay? Praises that singing. Time passes a little bit. Three months, Elizabeth has the baby. The neighbors are excited. They come over, and what happens? They break out into song. Chapter 1, verse 57 and 58. When it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son, and when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. They were singing. Now, John got his name because Zechariah wrote it on a tablet, and as soon as Zechariah wrote it, he could talk again. What's the first thing he does? Somebody guess. He sings, right? Chapter 1, verse 64. His name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. All of the singing took place before the main character in the narrative even shows up. All the singing takes place before Jesus even arrives. And now after he does make his appearance, this musical just goes full steam ahead. Angels are singing in chapter 2, verse 13. Shepherds are singing in chapter 2, verse 20. Simeon, an old man in the temple, is singing in chapter 2, verse 28. And we finish the musical number with a lady named Anna. Chapter 2, verse 38. First church, what we're witnessing in this account, in Luke's gospel, is a musical. And I told you when I started that my... um, my body's natural response to musicals is falling asleep, right? But I'm not during this musical. And I had to sit and ask myself why this past week, and I realized it's because of what they're singing. It's because of what they're singing. So I look no, are, what are they singing? Well, they're not singing, here comes Santa Claus. They're not singing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. They're not singing about a, a reindeer with a red nose, and after these last two days, they're not singing about dreaming of a white Christmas or uh, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, right? They're not singing happy, clappy holiday songs. They are singing about things that matter, things that have significance, things that have deeper weight to them. As I've looked at their songs, I kind of realized there's three main songs that take place. We're going to look at those three. The first is this. They sing songs about a God, a creator, who steps into his creation, who visits humanity and has a direct impact on this humanity. From Mary's song, chapter 1, verse 51 to 53. Mary says, God's mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. Do you see it? God is having a direct impact on humanity. Zechariah sings about it too. Chapter 1, verse 68. Zechariah begins, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited. He has visited and redeemed his people. God stepping into humanity. If you really start to think about it, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. God, okay? The Lord of lords, the king of kings, Yahweh, Jehovah, the great I am who I am, stepping out of eternity and into our world, that's nuts. But they're singing a song about that. And they continue with another song after that. These people who are real life people are singing songs about God's promises. His promises remembered and his promises answered. Mary sings about it. Verse 55. She says, for God made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Zechariah sings about promises, chapter 1, verse 69 and 70. He says, God has sent a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. If you jump down to verse 72, he says, He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. That's a promise, okay? The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. So we've got Mary singing about promises. We've got Zechariah singing about promises. We've got an old guy in the temple who is singing about promises. Chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. It says, Simeon was there in the temple He took the child in his arms, and he praised God. See, he's singing, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. Remembered and answered promises by this God, by Jehovah, who stepped out of eternal and into the touchable. So first two songs right there. Does the story of Jesus make you sing like this? Look at the third song. This song is kind of kicked off in Anna's story. Anna wraps up this musical, chapter 2, verse 38, and she starts singing about the idea of rescue, about the idea of salvation. Chapter 2, verse 38, she says this. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. God to rescue Jerusalem. Let's work our way backwards now and see how many of these other characters in this musical sing about rescue and salvation. We don't have to go back very far because Simeon, the other old guy in the temple, starts singing about it. Verse 29 through 32. He sings that, Sovereign Lord, let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He's a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Everybody's starting to sing about this. Look at the angels who met with the shepherds in the field. They sang in verse 11 and 12. Well, actually 10 and 11. It says the angels reassured the the shepherds. They said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. Now, you look at the angels who then sing. Their chorus says this in verse 14. It says, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace peace on earth. The country that they lived in, the culture that they lived in was about as far away from peace as you could get. So when the simple chorus speaks about peace, it necessitates a God who is going to intervene and save. So when the angels start singing about peace, the shepherds start thinking, sweet. I want to tell some people about that. Of course, they went, they found Jesus, and then they ran. And as you see in verse 17 and 20 in chapter 2, they told everybody that they could about what they had seen and heard. And my guess is that on their lips, it was peace is coming. The angels told us that peace was coming. God's finally going to send to step down and save us. Okay, so we've got Anna, we've got Simeon, we've got the shepherds, we've got the angels. Let's go to Zechariah. He's singing some of these same songs. Verse 68 and 69 of chapter 1. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David. You jump down to verse 74. We have been rescued from our enemies, so we can serve God without fear. One more person sings about it. That's Mary. She starts off her song, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. What a musical that we're seeing. What groupings of songs these are. God stepping into humanity, God giving and answering promises, God rescuing and saving. And these are all about a little baby that's born in a manger. These songs are all about Jesus. So, does the story of Jesus make you sing like we're seeing in here? Three main songs. Now, if I were to invite you to the musical, you would probably ask, what's it called? Right. What's the title of this musical? In looking at those three songs, we could pick any of the things in those songs and say, well, how about this or how about that? But I think this musical can be summed up in one word, mercy. Mercy, it can be summed up in that one word because that word is repeated multiple times in Jesus in the pre-birth songs and there's some deep meaning in that word. I'll show you what I mean. First, the repetition of the song of the idea. Mary sings about it. Verse 50 says he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. In verse 54, God has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. When the neighbors came over after John was born, what did they sing of? God's mercy. Verse 58, they heard that the Lord had been merciful to Elizabeth. And Zechariah continues this idea. Verse 72, God has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant. And verse 78, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. So mercy, it's a big idea. It's a repeated idea. Now, it also has some weight to the meaning of this word. So often when we think of the word mercy, we think of compassion or we think of pity. And most times in the New Testament when the word mercy is used, that's what it means. But in these two chapters, the specific word that is used is tied back to a word that's used 170 times in the Old Testament. It's a word that is similar to the word chesed. I've talked about it in the past. This word means covenant loyalty. God being faithful to the people that he calls his own, it ties directly back into this covenant, which the video alluded to, tying back to Abraham. So here's here's what happened. God made this covenant with Abraham. He said, Abraham, uh, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I'm going to give you many, many descendants. I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and I'm going to bless the entire world through your family. That's Genesis chapter 12. God starts fulfilling this in Jesus. He fulfills it in the Abrahamic covenant when Christ is born. Here's how the the term mercy fits with the three songs that we've looked at. In Genesis chapter 15, uh, God ratifies the covenant. He, He actually comes down and steps in and says, I will make sure this covenant happens. Read Genesis 15 when you get home. It's actually pretty impressive. So God stepping into humanity. That's what the first song we looked at. Second song. In that covenant, God made Abraham a promise. Several promises, okay? We looked at that in the second set of songs that we were looking at. Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise because through him and his line and those that follow him, God will continue To fulfill this promise. Now, since Abraham up through Jesus and beyond countless countless times, God has to intervene. He has to step in and save his people. Whether it's from their literal enemies or whether it's from their own mistakes leading them away from God. All this was being played out and all this is what the word mercy means that's used here in Luke 1 and 2. So that's what I would title this musical, Mercy. Mercy. Now, if we wanted a subtitle, we could say, Mercy, God's Re-Entry into the Story of a Promise Remembered and Fulfilled, Bringing Rescue and Salvation. Let's be honest, that's just a mouthful. Okay? Mercy. The musical in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and 2. I don't feel like I've been suckered into watching this musical, because when I understand the lyrics of the songs, when I understand the weight behind what's taking place, I realize I want a part of that. I want to sing along as well. And ask you that same question. Does the story of Jesus make you want to sing? Some questions to ponder. How these three songs really tie into us today. You guys realize that the Christmas story really is about God stepping into humanity? really is about him saying, I want to make sure there's a way for you to be in a relationship with me. Do you realize that the promise that God gave Abraham, the one to bless him and his family for generations and generations, applies to us as well? When we follow Christ, God says, I'm going to bless the world somehow through you as followers of Jesus. Do you realize how much you need rescue? How much you need saving? You know, that's, that's uh, fewer and fewer people are realizing that need today. But without Christ, we're stuck in this cycle of sin. We're stuck in self-sufficiency, self-focused worldview. We need saving. So this morning, do we realize that the mercy that God is offering, that ties to a covenant back with Abraham, still ties with us? Do you realize that God wants to share that with you this morning? I hope you do. You know, maybe today's the first time you've you've realized, wow, I've heard this story many times, but that kind of puts a fresh spin on it, and I want to sing along. I've been holding off for a long time, but I think I want to join in this musical. If that's the case, definitely come and talk to me after. Come and talk to anybody who's up on the stage or the ones with the greeters, the greeter badges. For those who are already part of the story, who have been following Christ, I ask you this. What's your focus this holiday season? Is it gifts and gatherings and decorations, or or is it the depth and weight of a baby that was born? Something much larger, much deeper, much more lasting than Elizabeth and Mary and Zachariah and angels and shepherds and Simeon and Anna, the, the things that they all were singing about. Is that our focus this holiday season? Two takeaways. One, if you've never been part of the musical number that we call the Christian faith, come and talk to me after, okay? We'll talk about how you can join. There's really no auditions. You just show up and say, I want to sing with Jesus, okay? Second thing, and this is risky. I've never done this before. I want you guys to contact me, text me, email me, call me. Uh, There's my information. It's also in the bulletin, okay? With your favorite Christmas song and why? Very simple. Don't don't, don't write me a book, okay? And and in all reality, I'm going to turn my phone on silent for the next two days, all right? But I want to know what your favorite song is and why. I mean, if I were writing to me, I'd say, Hey, James, my favorite song is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, because I love the longing that's behind it for Christ to return. That's all. I'm not doing this because I don't get enough texts or because I don't get enough emails, okay? I'm doing this because I want you guys to participate in Advent through your eyes. And by hearing your favorite Christmas song, I get to experience that just a little bit. Okay, make sure you're part of the musical and contact me with your favorite song and why. Does the story of Jesus make you sing? It makes me, and I hope you join the song. Let's pray. God, I want to begin by thanking you for uh, just a different take on a familiar story. For so many of us, every year we read these same accounts. And every year we think we know the story. And then, and then you come along and you say, wait, let's look at it slightly different. I thank you for that this year, Lord. This has helped me understand Luke 1 and 2 in a little bit different way. I thank you for the joy that you, that you brought to the shepherds and to Mary and to Elizabeth and to everybody that was involved in this story. And I thank you for the joy that you continue to bring to us. We who continue to participate in the covenant loyalty, the covenant promise that you gave to Abraham. God, I'm thankful that you still say to us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I want to bless you and bless the world through you. Father, I ask that this, uh, frankly, this next week, we would find that song that you want us to sing. And we would be able to proclaim, just like those in the story did, about who Jesus is and what he's come for. We look forward, Lord, to giving you the glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with us.